2016, the idea of manhood. This is the first episode of the new year, right? What's good? How you doing? Where you been? How are you? Um, it's your boy Five Mike, the husband educator. No, dang, I forgot. It's been that long. The husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. Um, thank you for tuning in. This is episode, yo, I don't know. This is episode, what, 17? Hold on. I don't know. But I'm back for the new year. Had to take some time off to get my rhymes off. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, I had to take some time off. No, no, I'm sorry. This is episode 18. 18 weeks. It's been a little bit more because I've been taking my time the past couple episodes. Life just got a little, you know, life is always crazy. So that's not an excuse. It's just an explanation. Um, But thank you for tuning in. It's the Idea of Manhood uh, podcast, right? And so um, when I first started the podcast, people asked me, what is it about? And in my episode one, if you go back and listen to it, I hope you don't. Um, cause episode one was jive whack. Uh, it was really bad. So, uh, you know, as you know, when people were asking me at the beginning, what this is going to be about, I really didn't, I, I had an idea what I wanted it to be, but I really didn't know. I was just kind of, you know, I, I was, I was freestyling, you know, I wanted there to be a, the voice of the everyday guy, you know, the everyday man. And, um, you know, not necessarily from an entertainer's point of view or from, you know, popular opinion or from, you know, uh, from stars or other things that you might see in the media. I just like, I'm, I'm about as regular as they come, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm an educator. I'm a writer. I'm an MC. I'm smart. I listen to hip hop. You know, I, I listen to all music. I grew up playing classical music. So I understand that, you know, I like to dance. I like to do things that are creative, right? I'm a creative. And so, you know, I, um, I, it took me some time at the beginning to define what the idea of manhood was going to be about because I just couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on the pulse of what it was. And so it was really not into like, well into the recording time, you know, maybe episode four, five, six. that I was like, I see, like I, 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 I have a vision more so than I did at the beginning or when I was planning this. The idea of manhood is a podcast where anybody could come and listen to it and get my perspective, right? And the perspective of of guys who I think might be aligned with the type of thinking that I share. But here's the thing though, here's the thing that's crazy is that how I feel about an issue changes over time. You know, so I can't say, oh, it's the it's the it's the general perspective of of the average man because I don't know. Maybe I'm not average. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm of a certain percentile of a certain profile of a guy that thinks a certain way. I don't know. And honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, this podcast is about perspective. It's about looking at everyday issues um, with the with the slight angle on it, with the slight um, you know, a different perspective than you might have uh, considered otherwise. And so not necessarily that of a uh, an educated or a well, you know, intellectual man. It's just mine. That's who I am. But that doesn't mean that everybody that's like me or thinks like me is going to have the same experience. So that's one thing. I, I want to make sure that people know and have a good idea of what they're listening to 
and and what they're getting into with this, right? Um, I do my best on this podcast to make this something that everyone can listen to, regardless of whether you have the same titles that I have, husband, father, educated, writer, MC, or if you're a wife, a wife, a mother, a, a tech, you know, you work in IT, if you like to sing, or if you like to tap dance. Like, I hope that anybody can pick this podcast up at any point and find something that they can connect to and find something that they can relate to or find something that they so vehemently disagree with that they're willing to engage or willing to start spark a conversation um, and do it in a way that's that's healthy and that's positive and that's intentional um, there's so much but but let me go the there's a reason, you know, people ask me at the beginning, like, are you going to curse on the podcast? Are you going to curse on the podcast? That was a big thing. A lot of people asked me and, you know, initially I was like, no, like, no. But then I was thinking if I want to, I will. Like if, if the, if the situation warrants a curse word or a series of them, like I will, it's not a thing. I'm not thinking about it in that way. I'm thinking about it as, you know, I'm talking to my boy or talking to a good friend of mine about a topic. And so the other thing, too, that people ask, like, you know, everybody knows I had the amazing episode that had my wife up here and it was great. And we had a good dialogue and everyone's like, when are you going to bring Danielle back? When are you going to bring Danielle back? Are oh, you going to have her back? And she's asking, when am I going to be back? I want to come back. And she, of course, she's going to come back, you know. But as I was going through, I felt it was important. I think she might have been, Danielle might have been episode six or seven. I thought it was important that, you know, I want people to know what my voice is. Right. And the truth of it is that my voice changes, um, you know, not my actual voice, but my perspective changes when there's another person here. And so I felt like I might have jumped a gun on having guests on the show, having Danielle on the show so early because like it just wasn't I I, want to make sure that y'all know what the podcast is about and what this stage and what this arena is going to be. So, of course, she's going to be back. I want her to be a regular part of the show, and she will be. But I wanted to make sure that y'all knew what it was, you know, off the jump. And so I feel like at this point, 18 episodes in, that my voice is a lot more, um, has been a lot, is a little bit more solidified and um, is a little bit more clear you know, so I I just want to I just want I felt like in the new season in 2016, I had to share with my listeners, um, the people that have supported me, like what this is all about, what you, what journey you're on with me through this podcast. So that's the idea of manhood. It is a space for me really to come and talk about issues that I see all day, every day on social media, in the news, at home, who I'm talking to, at work, um, in a way that's thoughtful, in a way that's like um, judgment-free, I guess. I don't know. I hate the word judgment-free because everybody judges. That's just natural human nature. But... um, I wanted to give you me like that sounds cliche, but I wanted to make sure y'all knew because I feel like the people that supported me by whether you donated to the GoFundMe page or you encouraged me to do this like y'all want to hear me y'all y'all are listening because 
for whatever reason, my voice is important to you or my voice, you know, enlightens you or, or provides an angle that is not there. That's it. It's the angle that's not there. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially since starting this podcast. I had an episode about all the podcasts that I listened to. And I'm going to be very honest. There's not a podcast that I've heard anyway um, that takes on this format with just one person that approaches everyday issues or pop culture issues in the way that I do. Um, And I think that's unique. And I think I want to continue that. And I'm glad that y'all listening. So I have a format. I have the things I'm tired of segment. I have the hip hop minute segment. Uh, I have the um, and the main idea where we talk about these things. But I think I'm going to start breaking that format a little bit. Not all the time, but because I think the free flowing discussion is helpful for me. I know that's selfish for me, but also my listeners, like the people are asking for you know, just to hear more about how I feel about this issue. And so, you know, when the Steve Harvey, I think that was the last episode, Steve Harvey episode, everybody was like, yo, yo, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Guys were hitting me up. Yo, that's how I felt, but I didn't know how to say it. Da, da, da. And, you know, there, there's been so many issues that have come up that I'm like, nah, I'm not going to talk about that because, you know, the way I think might not be the way that the 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 narrative on on social media thinks and people going they're going to get me they're going to crucify me for it or you know they're going to be mad or they're going to be whatever angry at that and you know I was thinking like so what yo so what so what you know what I'm saying if in 2016 we can't have a conversation or you know hear my dialogue or my monologue and and it's not the same as yours that shouldn't prevent you from listening in the future that shouldn't cause you to start crying that shouldn't cause you to want to protest me or get me kicked off it should hopefully spark a conversation and maybe alter your mindset a little bit or maybe at least allow you to think of things from a different perspective because the the more and more i talk to people about these issues that men face all the time the more and more i realize that in general people are clueless and have absolutely the wrong uh the wrong idea about what the average man thinks about x y and z because what we see in the media and in these think pieces and on social media and, and everybody's uh, an activist online, what we see and hear from them is that men think this. Men don't support this. Men think this. We should do this. And, and it's so dichotomous that, you know, it's so dichotomous that there's just, I don't know, there's just, I, I feel as if I have a very unique voice in a lot of discussions and a lot of topics that is just not out there. That's why I'm podcasting. That's why I'm doing this. Why This is why I will continue to do it because I'm telling you, I'm, I've searched, I've looked, I've watched, I've been even more aware of some of the narratives surrounding men, boys, um, teenage boys, whatever, and no one's talking about these issues from the everyday guy's perspective, and hopefully I can fill some of that void. Um, You know, I wanted to talk about Bill Cosby for a long time, like 
there's uh, yo I wanted to talk about this Bill Cosby situation for a minute but you know unlike some of you out there I just couldn't jump out the window which is a which is a, a euphemism, I guess, a metaphor, not even a metaphor, a euphemism for like, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I don't want to jump all the way out the window and be like, Bill Cosby's a rapist. He's horrible. He's ruined his da 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 da. I didn't want to do that, you know? I didn't want to come off and be like, yo, he didn't do nothing. You know, what are we on his case for? I didn't want to do that, but I felt like it was somewhere in the middle and I just had a hard time like gathering my thoughts about that because I felt like once I put it out there, people are going to hang me because I've seen public hangings, quote unquote, uh, on social media where someone will come out and say, yeah, I don't know about this Bill Cosby thing. It's not adding up to me. And then all the fake Twitter feminists, all the fake Facebook feminists, the FBFs, as I call them, uh, are going to come out and be like, yo, you, how dare you? Women have struggled for so long. Everybody stays quiet because of your mentality. And that's why people don't tell people they were molested and raped 15,000 years ago. Okay. All right. So. Um, yeah, so that that that's where I'm feeling about a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues that I feel like that. You know, I really feel like through this podcast, my thoughts and ideas about certain things are changing because I have the opportunity to talk about them, even though it's to myself. So that's how I know that the power of counseling and therapy are so important. Uh, and the, the, the process of speaking your truth out into the air even if there's nobody there to listen to you, the process of that is so therapeutic and something that those of us that are not in school anymore, those of us that are not taking, you know, getting our bachelor's, master's or, or PhDs or in school where you don't have the opportunity to dialogue with other intellectuals or other people that think differently or think the same as you. Like if you don't have that opportunity who are you talking to? Like, who who are you sharing these ideas with? The sad reality is that most of us are just reading these articles online from people that are not experts in anything and taking them as our truths without, like, vetting them, without checking for their validity, without, like, you know, second guessing or thinking of any other perspectives. We're just looking at, oh, Somebody said this, the Black Lives Matter said this, so that's what I believe. You know, the feminist said this, so that's what I believe. You know, the educators say this, so that's what I believe. Um, and so, I don't know, I think common sense goes a really long way. And, you know, one of the uh, the results, I don't know if that's right. One of the, 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 the results, for lack of a better word, of, of social media is that people aren't using... Um, uh, people aren't using, it's not common sense. What is it? Um, people aren't taking the time with situations to like, to really understand what they feel. People are scared to feel what they feel in fear of being ostracized or publicly ridiculed or being seen as not intellectual or being seen as homophobic or heterophobic or, um, 
you know, or, or, or what's the other one, uh, gender one, being, you know, gender biased. Uh, so in fear of that, people are just hopping on the train. Like, oh, I'm going to ride with this because that's this, this article sounds sweet. So I'm going to ride with this article. People just aren't using critical, oh, there's the word, critical thinking skills. As an educator, that's what is being taught in schools now. That's why the scores are so low. That's why people can't pass these part tests. That's why Common Core is so important um, because for so long in American <clears throat> education, kids haven't been taught how to critically think. And as a result, adults aren't taught how to critically think after they finish their last level of education. So after high school, you're not you don't have to critically think anymore. After you're out of college, you don't have to critically think. After you get your PhD, you don't have to critically think anymore. Uh, it doesn't enhance anything if you don't engage in those dialogues or people read these articles and that's their piece of how they handle things. So anyhow, um, I just kind of wanted to use this podcast today, episode 18, to like kind of recharge and refocus and re-energize like what this podcast is about, who I'm about, reintroduce myself to y'all. In 2016, you know, people are making resolutions to listen to more podcasts, not listen to the radio no more. So I want to make sure that if you're listening to The Idea Manhood, that you know exactly uh, what my intentions are. And, you know, I'm coming from the purest place ever. I never come up here with a script. I never come up here with this is what I'm going to say about Bill Cosby. This is what I'm going to say about Steve Harvey. If you hear me talking on this podcast, just know that I'm freestyling. Like I'm freestyling with as much thought as I have in that moment. Understanding that if you ask me tomorrow, I might say something completely different. Like, I might feel differently based on something I saw on TV that night, a conversation I had with my wife, a conversation, an article I read in the newspaper, something my son said to me. My perspective might change, but in the moment, I'm being as real and as authentic and as thoughtful as I possibly can. So if you're tuned into the idea of manhood, just know, just know that that's what you're getting. All right. So um, I wanted to like I wanted to give it like a a, not a sample, like just the when people like, what's the idea, man? I, I want to tell y'all something and show y'all, uh, give y'all a story about something that I've always dealt with that, you know, you think a, a, a normal guy, you think that guys don't deal with this because the narrative that only the narrative is that only women deal with this kind of issue. And that's what the idea of manhood is trying to eradicate. This thought that only men deal with this. Only women deal with this. These narrow lanes that we choose to let define who we are and what we are need to be broken. And we just have to have conversations about it because I know that more people are dealing with it than just me. So a couple times through the idea of manhood I've told stories about myself I told personal stories about how I almost joined the army I told stories about you know, my dad and my relationship with my with my dad I told stories about um, being a father and and some of those stories so today I'm going to tell a different story about um, my uh, my uh, battle was too strong that's whack my uh, I don't even know my story with weight 
weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, with weight, with my own weight. Um, because I think it's a story that, you know, is unique. At least it's unique to the current narrative that's out there about men and their parents. Um, but it's something that I've dealt with for a long time. And then when I say deal with, it's not like a burden. It's not like I wake up every morning crying about my weight. But it is something that I think about often. And it's guided me into certain paths and certain directions based on uh, how I'm feeling at the moment. So we're going to tackle it. You hear that? That's my hands going back and forth like Birdman. Mmm, Birdman hand clap. Um, so... After the break, we're gonna come back. I'm gonna jump right in. I'm not gonna do a hip hop minute. Oh, maybe I should. Hip hop minute? Nah, nah, it's all right. Nothing really going on. Um, but after the break, I'm gonna come back, tell you that story, and then we're gonna just recharge the idea of manhood for 2016. <clears throat> Something got a little tickle in my throat. Um, but yo, thank you for listening to Idea of Manhood episode 18. Uh, this is, uh, we charged up. We recharged up. Back to back. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, I'll be back. Hold tight. And we're back. Back. Back to back. Uh. Um, yo, so listen. It's 2016, like I've said a thousand times, and as you've heard from everyone at your job, Happy New Year. How did you 2016? What'd you do? Oh, my God. Um, and so I wanted to talk about I want I, I want my my original show is going to be about New Year's resolutions, right? And I was going to talk about oh resolutions and what are you what are you talking about this year? What are you going to change? But that, that's that's boring and everyone does that. I don't want to do that. I want to I want to like give you something to react to and some a story that's uniquely mine or maybe not is not uniquely mine, but in terms of you're listening to it, it's mine, right? So um, I, I said I wanted to talk about weight and my. Uh, story and my relationship with weight and and how it's been an ongoing thing for me throughout my life right and I chose to talk about this story because I, I hate seeing I, the people that know me know like I hate seeing articles and posts and and all these you know different forms of media that make you think, make the reader, make the listener think that only X, Y, and Z can is going through this X, Y, and Z problem, right? So now everything on my timeline is, you know, mothers and how busy they are. And can you really be a mom? And the latest one I saw is, you know, can you support your husband or your, uh, it was targeted to women. Can you support your husband's dreams without putting your dreams on hold or some bull like, right. And I hate those kinds of articles because it puts the narrative and it confirms the narrative out there that only women are concerned and busy when it comes to raising their children. Um, you know, it's one thing with single women, single parents, mothers and fathers, you know, because it's different. That's a different narrative. But, you know, even with that, I just hate seeing these articles that imply that only men experience this. Only women experience this. Only black people experience, you know, issues with race. Only white people uh, don't understand Black Lives Matter or whatever it is. I hate that because I just know that people are so complex and, and to think that 
only women can do X, Y, and Z or feel X, Y, and Z or feel shame about their weight or have struggles with their weight or wake up in the morning and figure out like, dang, I can't wear this shirt because my belly is out. You know what I'm saying? Like that That's ludicrous to me. And to me, it, it, it prohibits us from having meaningful conversations and it makes women think like oh i can only talk to my women friends about this because men aren't gonna understand that men aren't evolved enough to understand what it feels like and not understand not like your body or not like how your legs look in this pants or whatever right so i already know that people are gonna listen to this listen to this like guys i know or people that even don't know me like yo man you talking soft man guys don't care about that blah, 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 you soft blah, blah, blah. i've been dealing with that all my life like that's not and i i embrace that call me soft then i'm i'm a teddy bear right um because I think it's important that in 2016 that men are able to be authentic and vulnerable and show that they have these struggles, even if they're not the most manly struggles. So let me explain. huh? Let me explain. So um, growing up, I told you I'm from I'm, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Right. Uh, growing up in Brooklyn, New York, in the city, and you know, Flatbush area, anybody that knows in the 80s, it was, it was a tough time. Right. It was just, you know. When I was eight and nine and ten years old, I didn't know it was tough. Like I, I didn't know, I didn't know that we were living in the projects. I didn't know what projects were till we left. You know, um, I, I was happy. You know, I never missed a meal. I, I never, you know, there were things I wanted that I couldn't have, but it wasn't life ending. I didn't feel poor. I didn't feel, even though, you know, by most standards, we were definitely very low income, first generation. Uh, in America, first generation, um, you know, born in the United States. My parents were immigrants. You know, my my mother came to the country, didn't speak English. So did my grandmother. Um, and so, you know, I grew up in, in a, a, a very tough environment in New York City. So when I was growing up, I couldn't really go outside a lot. Like I didn't have like my son now. He's in. He plays he played basketball, he plays soccer, plays baseball, he's in taekwondo, he does all these activities, we have a backyard he can run around, we have parks all over the place where he can run, so my son is very fit, you know, he's strong, he's fast, and he has an opportunity to always be outside if that's what he wants, if that's what we want for him. When I was growing up, like, we had the terrace, so, you know, picture... You know, the, the whatever you have in your mind on how the projects look, like picture that, right? So we had all the buildings, you know, like a quad of buildings. And then outside of that, it was a, a concrete terrace that was probably like, mm, like a block long. It was a block, a full New York City block, a concrete terrace. Then below the terrace was the street, right? So for all intents and purposes, the terrace was like where people went out to were the terrorists not terrorist the terrace is where people went out to play it was concrete broken glass everywhere like straight up you know um broken glass it was really one of those things where you went out to ride your bike people played stickball kickball things like that i remember down at the end of the terrace the older kids would play basketball with the crate up like all that and i couldn't go down there because my grandmother couldn't see me so i could really only play in an area that was like maybe 40 feet by 60 feet wide you know 
um, 40 feet wide, 60 feet long. And my grandmother would sit in the window and watch me and I could go out basically run in a circle, you know? So I wasn't very active growing up. So, you know, I played the piano growing up, classically trained pianist. I started playing when I was four years old. Um, my, my, my piano teacher was Mr. Logan. I'll never forget that guy, a very eccentric, um, a very eccentric old gentleman. And uh, I used to go to Concord Baptist Church in Brooklyn over in Marcy to, to go to piano lessons every Saturday. My uncle would take me. And after piano lessons, we would always go either to White Castle or McDonald's or to Lenny's Pizza to get a slice of pizza. That, that was my thing. That was what I did. I played the piano. Um, I always wanted to go out and run and ride my bike, but the realities of where we were just couldn't do that. And so when we left New York, I, um, I, I, I went, my stepdad was in the army. You know, I was able to join a soccer team and I was able to run. So I wasn't like fat. I wasn't a fat kid. I was always like a chubby kid. Like I had a layer of chub on me that, you know, was cute and endearing when you're eight, nine and 10 years old. But when you're 12, 13 and 14 and all your friends are playing sports and I just wasn't athletically inclined as my friends were. I loved to play basketball. I loved to play soccer. And I was really fast because here's the dichotomy is that even though I wasn't the most athletic kid, I came from, like, my mom was a dancer, uh, you know, a, a class, a, a trained dancer, you know, very fit, very active, and my dad was, like, a, a, a track star, you know, ran for Trinidad, almost went to the Olympics in 76 or 80, one of those, like, stupid, strong, you know, athletic, like typical Trinidadian, you know, when you think of, you know, running the 200, 400, like he was that guy. And I always wanted to be strong. I wanted, always wanted to have, I remember looking at my dad and I would see the veins in his arms and his hands and his legs. I'm like, yo, I want to look like my dad, but I was always just a little roly, right? I was a little roly pole, you know? And, um, and so that was just, you know, that was it. And so, in, in, in you know, you establish habits and, you know, I didn't really know how to eat healthy as a kid. I didn't know, I didn't know you know, uh, and on top of that, I had glasses that are about as big as this microphone I'm looking at right now. Like, I had huge glasses, um, you know, so if you looked at me and didn't know me, right, you would automatically put the nerd stamp on me, right? Nerd stamp, big glasses, crazy haircut always you know played the piano i was you know played the saxophone when i got into middle school and high school like i was a musical beast right but when it came to you know going to the basketball and football like i was always picked last because yeah look look at me like you know what i'm saying um and so going up into high school, like I, I lost a lot of weight because, you know, boys do that. They grow and they slender out. So I lost a little bit of weight. So I wasn't chubby anymore. I was just, I don't even know. I just, but I didn't have any arm definition. I wasn't really strong. And, you know, I just always fell into that weird middle category. I was super cool. I had friends. It wasn't like I was isolated, um, but I was always conscious of my body and of my weight. Um, you know, I, I was a little bit bigger than the kids around me. And I just took that mentality of how I looked when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 17, 18, 20 years old. I took that with me throughout my whole life. And I was always that like, 
I was always concerned that, oh man, I want to be thinner. I want to be thinner. In my head, I was like, man, I want to, I want to be thinner. You know, I want, I want to run. I want, you know, I want, I want to be strong. And I would go to the gym, and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, it's there. I see it a little bit, but it's not quite what I want to be or what I'm seeing my boys are or what I'm seeing on TV. I'm like, yo, I want to, you know, I kind of want to look like this guy right here. I want my shoulders to look like this. You know, I want my chest muscles to be popping. You know, I want to lift up my shirt like Usher and have a little abs like that was the sound effect of me like with my finger going down my ab like okay too much okay um <laughs> so i always wanted that right and that's something that was ingrained in my mind that your body is not up to par and so your body is not like you know you're not in the shape that you want to be in your mind. So I was never in bad shape. It's just that how I wanted to be and how I was were not aligned. And, you know, I remember being a young kid, like processing this. You know, I'm telling you, when you're a nerd and when you're in the house a lot and when you have a lot of time by yourself, like I was the only child until I was 12. I would think about these things in a very adult way. Like I would think about like, yo, what, you know, what is it? Like I would look at myself, I'm like, man, this isn't right. I, I don't want to look like this. And that mentality went with me into my 20s and, you know, all the way through college, even though for the outsider looking at me, they're like, oh, Mike has it all together. You know, Mike got the girls, kind of, not really, but kind of, you know what I'm saying? He's in a fraternity. He's super confident. Like he doesn't care what people say about him because I've been called soft. Like people make fun of me all the time. I didn't care because I had jokes. So like people couldn't really go at me too hard because they know I would light them up. So uh, with the jokes, anyhow, so you know, people look at me like, oh, you're, you're fine. Like, you don't have issues with your weight or how you look. But I did. And I carried that with me. I still carry that with me to this day. I'm 38 years old, about to be 39 next week. And I still carry these issues about weight and how I look and my image with me. I carry that around to this day. And what made me want to talk about this is... My son, I see my son start doing the same thing. And I know for a fact that it's not because I'm out here calling him fat or I'm out here, you know, you know, uh, talking down to him about his weight. But there might be things I'm doing subconsciously or not even thinking about it that are causing him to, to dr put attention on how he looks. Now, mind you, he has more muscles than me now. Like, like the way he looks, like, he's strong. He can do 50 push-ups. I couldn't do 50 push-ups so I was 27. So, anyhow, um, yeah, so when I, I I'm, I'm going through this process now where I'm trying to lose weight. I'm always, here's the other thing, I'm always trying to lose weight. It doesn't matter how much or how little I've weighed, I'm always trying to lose weight. What is that? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm talking and answering my own questions. I don't know why I do that. Um, but there's never been a time in my adult life where I'm not like, even if I'm eating, I'm like, dang, I shouldn't be eating this. You know, dang, I should, I shouldn't, you know, I should be going crazy with the drinks like this. I shouldn't be drinking all this sugar. You know, I should be eating the apple instead of these Doritos. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that's always with me. Now, it's not, again, here's the difference. It's not something that prohibits me and I feel like locked up and I can't, 
you know, do certain things or I'm home crying at night about it because I'm not. But it's just something that's with me all the time. And because it's with me, I have to be a little bit more careful with how I portray this image or portray this uh, doubt to my son and now to my daughter, where body image for women is is a, a real thing. I guess the difference between, you know, what I'm saying, which I think a lot of guys go through, whether they admit it or not, and how a woman might experience it is that body image for a woman is like you could be publicly stoned, you know, uh, essentially for being too big or being too small or your hair not being this way or your boobs not doing this or your butt not doing this. Like people are a lot more forward with how they talk to and treat women as a result of their body image. Whereas men, you know, people don't care as much publicly if a man has a gut or, you know, if a man has no butt. Like nobody, no, who cares? You see what I'm saying? So, I say this to say that right now I'm I'm in, I'm doing this process right now with a company called Wait Not, and some of you might seen their articles on or their their sponsored ads on Facebook or whatever. But I'm doing this I'm doing this Wait Not thing, right? And so in the last uh, now, this is the second time that I've done a dramatic like lifestyle change. You know, what I'm everybody, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna change it up. Well, this is the second time I've done it. After I got married, um, my wife and I quickly gained like 20 pounds, like in 30 days. Like it was crazy. We was eating, we was making cakes and like drinking, going out all the time. We gained weight really quick. So we looked in the mirror, we're like, nah, 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 this is not going to work. So we changed our diet. We threw out everything and pretty easily for the most part, we were able to lose weight just by going on a sensible diet and working out and we didn't have any kids. So working out, we can go to the gym at 9 PM and it was no big deal. Um, and we lost, you know, back then we probably lost like 30 pounds. It was like 10 years ago. Gone through the way I've, I've lost weight before. And so now, um, once we got into, once, once I got into my thirties, mid thirties, like trying to lose those last few pounds, like, you know, the, the weight creeped back up, crept back up and, and, and I couldn't get it off. I was running, like I run marathons y'all. Like the main reason why I started running was so that I could keep my weight down. Um, and I run, you know, one point I was running 50 miles a week. I was just out in the street running and I just couldn't, you know, I'd still, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't look the way I thought I, I wanted to. It wasn't aligning with how I wanted to look and how I felt. And so we started this new journey called Weight Not. And so this is not a commercial. I'm not even going to talk about the program, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, I've lost 14 pounds in the last 20 some days. And right now I'm at the lowest weight that I've been since I was in college. Right. And so I feel good. Like I feel strong. My clothes fit better. And I was thinking like, this is so important because as a grown a man, like as a grown man, like the way that I look and the way that I feel. And when I look in the mirror, like that confidence that I want to exude is to me, for me, it's tied to my weight and not my weight, but my health now. You see what I'm saying? Because we get older, things start to happen. You're eating too many Doritos. You got hypertension and, you know, all sorts of, you get gout, you know, you got all this stuff, right? And so, um, th but this is, I'm telling you, this is a constant battle. 
Um, it's a constant battle, you know, because I know that I want to go into my class. I want to look a certain way. And so that old train of thought that, you know, men don't care about how they look, you know, um, men could, you know, their hair doesn't matter. What they wear doesn't matter. For me, that's not true. And for a lot of guys I know, that's just not true. We do care. We do want to be fresh. We do want to look young. You know, we, we want to look appropriately uh, fresh. You know, that whole, you know, you look in the mirror when you're in high school and college, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm killing them today. You know what I'm saying? We still want to have that feeling in our 30s and 40s. Like, we don't want to be washed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing if you don't, you don't have to dress like the kids dress. You don't have to do that. But you want to look in the mirror and be like, I feel good about myself. And, you know, I have to, that's something that I'm always, always working on. Always working with having that confidence and, you know, looking in the mirror and feeling like, okay, this is what I need. But you know what? Who's in control of that? Me. No one else is in control of that. My wife can't can tell me 3,000 times, ooh, baby, I think you look great. You're so sexy. Da, 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 da. But if I don't believe her, I'm like, well, whatever. Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that that's why it's important because, you know, when someone tells you you look nice, Someone can tell you you look nice all day. Someone can tell you you can really sing. Someone, you're a really good writer. You're a really good dancer. Someone can tell you whatever, whatever it is. And they can tell it to you to the blue in the face. And to them, it might be the most absolute truth. They would never lie to you. They would always tell you the truth. But if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, and think about that. Think about how many, like... Think about what kind of implication that has in our lives at work. Think about the implications of that with our children, with our friends, with our family members. You know, your, your boss is telling you, you're doing a great job, you're doing a great job, Johnny, you're doing great, it's awesome. You're, but if you don't feel you're doing a great job, then you're not doing a great job. And who then... Whose responsibility is it then to make sure that you're doing a great job, your boss or you? So that, to me, telling the story is saying that, like, I have to be responsible for myself, what I do with my body, how I, you know, how I, uh, you know, how I make changes to my health. How I sustain myself, how if I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, a lot of people, they blame. Like, oh, it's because of the kids. It's because of this. It's because of my job is too stressful. It's because of that. And pointing all these fingers out when it's really you. You have the control of that. So this constant issue I'm dealing with with my weight is, um, you know, it's real. It's not fake. It's real. And this is not about, like, oh, well, you look fine. No, nah, I, uh, maybe I do. And that's okay. But I'm not to where I want to be. But let me tell you, when I get to where I want to be, though, it's going to be a problem. Because I'm telling you, I might come to work with a tank top. You know, I might, 
you know, just go out to check the mail with the with the dry fit shirt on. You know, I I, I might, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And maybe that's why God won't let me get the body I want. Because once I start stunting on them, though, <laughs> once I get to that point where I'm like, with my fingers down my ass like that. Yo, I'm telling you, I understand why, you know, when superstars, they, they lose a lot of weight and they come out and they always got their shirt off. Like, I understand. Like, at first, I'm like, man, put your shirt on, D'Angelo. Man, get out of here with that. Oh, D'Angelo, I'm titled. How does it feel? Like? Get out of here with that. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, yo, if I look like how D'Angelo looked before, you know, sitting at the piano with Brown Sugar when he was playing the piano, kind of looking a little frumpy frump. And then I went to the gym, was doing some pull-ups, and came back with D'Angelo. How does it feel? I definitely make a video. Like, how does it feel? Like, I'd be flexing the video. I'd be doing my shoulders, making sure my chest muscles popped out. Like, I would be stunting on them. Please believe. Um, but no, I... I I don't even know why I told that story. I don't even know why, why I told that I don't know. But I feel like, you know, I feel like it's important um, for people to just hear the narrative that, you know, men have issues with their appearance. It might not be your weight. It might not be, it, it might be your hairline. Hey, no shade to anybody with no hairline. It might be, you know, it might be your clothes. It might be your feet. It might be your hands. It might be your neck. I don't know. Physical appearance is also important to men. And, um, you know, I felt like the story just, you know, hopefully somebody will relate to it. Mostly, I feel like people are going to joke me about it, but that's all good. I can take those. And, you know, I got the jokes ready for whoever got it. So, um, but now, nah, thanks for tuning in. Episode 18, The Idea of Man. I don't know what, what am I going to call this episode? The weight episode? The recharge? Charged up? Um, I don't know. But thank you for listening. We'll be back in a few days with episode 19. I'm going to try to come back to back with y'all. That's the thing, too. Back to back. Um, I'm trying to come back to back because I have a lot that I want to talk about. I do want to talk about Bill Cosby. I just don't know what I'm going to say. But I do want to talk about Billy. Uh, I want to talk about these, these dudes in Oregon. Uh, held up in the federal building. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Serial. If y'all don't listen to the podcast Serial with Bo Bergdahl in a situation with going AWOL and being in captivity for five years, I want to talk about that. Um, but yo, uh, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. If you find this podcast to be remotely helpful or just to, to, to if it offers anything new to you, share it with somebody else. Forward the link, whatever link you have. Forward it. Check me out on iTunes, uh, The Idea of Manhood. Check me out on Stitcher. Check me out on SoundCloud. Go to the man, theideamanhood.com. And I uh, really appreciate y'all listening. 2016, episode 18. You know what I mean. I'm coming through with the signal. Good night. Oh.